it wasn't curable, the things that I was diagnosed with. I would prove them wrong someday. Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group, so I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Lavender Lifestyle. It's your host, Eileen. Today, we have a very special guest with us today. She is an OG Lavi love. Her name is Mandy Vandebroek. Mandy is a certified transformational diamond process coach who helps women to look deep within to heal their past trauma and depression so they can step out into the world feeling alive and worthy. So I believe I connected with Mandy within the first year of starting Lavender, and we've just been like following each other on Instagram since then. About three years ago, I met up with her when I was traveling in Amsterdam because she's from the Netherlands and she like took a train to come over to meet with me. And so she's just the sweetest girl. She has such a special place in my heart. And a fun fact is she has all versions of the Artist of Life workbook, even the very original first version, the 2017 Artist of Life workbook. It was like blue. I only printed a hundred of them. Yeah, but she has 2017, 2018, 2019. And of course, she'll have 2020. I'll send it to her. Her. But the beautiful thing about knowing a Lavi love for so long is I have seen her growth throughout the years. So I knew her when she was still struggling with depression and still healing. And then now she is a diamond process coach and she helps other women heal from their past traumas. So it's just a beautiful thing. And I'm so excited to share her story and wisdom with you. Hi, Mandy. Welcome to the Lavender Lifestyle. I'm so excited to have you here. I am so thrilled to be on. Super excited. I know. And I can't believe I didn't have you on sooner. I felt like I would, but it's good to talk to you. How are you, first of all? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? It's been a while. I know. It has been a while. I just feel like I've seen your growth throughout the years, and it's really amazing how you've transformed. You know, we've kind of known each other for a few years now, online and for our listeners out there how would you describe your story can you give us like a brief snippet of your story so my story kind of started when I was seven years old and I ended up suffering with chronic depression this chronic depression lasted for over 15 years And with that, I had a lot of struggles in life, including abuse and mental health and just general things that were going on. And it's been a couple of years now that I finally, finally found myself starting to bloom again and really, really overcome these challenges. And it's been a journey, let's be honest. It's been a grand journey, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. So what got you into becoming self-aware and beginning to heal? What did that look like? Well, when I was younger, I wasn't as self-aware as you can imagine, because when you're seven years old, it's you're just not aware of the things that are going on within you. But not only that, also within your world, really. Mm -hmm. And what I remember is that from that age, I 
had to start talking to school psychologists and stuff like that. But it didn't didn't really dawn on me that I had a problem or several problems. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I was 14 years old and I met my last psychologist that I really, really got into mindset and self-development and mindfulness and healing. She really got me into it. She really Mm. opened up my eyes again. And I say again because people around me, like my environment had me shut my eyes to it for a really long time and told me I was crazy for wanting to heal myself Uh, and for wanting to experiment with this mindfulness part of life and she really opened my eyes again to that part of me and that's really where the healing started for me. Mm. And now looking back in hindsight, I mean, seven years old is so young to have chronic depression. What would you say is was the source of that? Do you know? The source of it were like different factors. I grew up in a very abusive household and my biological father is very narcissistic. So as you can imagine... That was really hard for me. And I was the only one that kind of was able to see through that and was able to see it for what it is. And everyone around me just shut their eyes to it. And so that was really hard. And then Mm -hmm. when I was seven, actually, I started to find out that I was more into women. And that was a really, really heavy burden for me to carry because I grew up in a very religious family. And so there were many factors as to why I was chronically depressed. But overall, I think it was just the environment that I was in and the negativity I was surrounded by and just not having support and continuously being talked down on, really. That was the main, main issue at that point. Wow. So let's talk about your healing process. I mean, from when you started seeing your therapist to to now. I mean, I know it's a journey and it's a process. So what does that look like? And what what advice could you share for people out there who might be going through the same thing? Wow. Okay. So for me, it looked like a lot of ups and downs, really. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't linear. Most people think that once you go to see a psychologist or a psychiatrist or someone who helps you heal, basically, um, that everything is going to go up from there, right? And it mm-hmm. isn't always like that. It is a roller coaster, like a real intense roller coaster. I had many setbacks. I had many relapses into my addictions. And it wasn't linear. It was a struggle. But I always reminded myself of the fact that someday I would feel better and someday I would Mm. prove everybody wrong, even though they told me it wasn't curable, the things that I was diagnosed with. I would prove them wrong someday and I made that my mission. But not only that, I wanted to tell these stories to help heal the world one heart at a time and... I think I'm starting to do that or I've started to do that a couple of years ago. But really, right now, I feel so aligned with what I'm teaching and what I'm doing. And it's been a really difficult journey, but I'm so grateful that I powered through. There were so many 
times that I wanted to Mm -hmm. give up. And what I would say to people going through that right now is to not give up and that you are needed in this world. Your light, your love, Mm -hmm. your expertise, your gifts, your talents are needed in this world. And we're all doing this together. So, you know, it is hard to keep sticking to that and to keep sticking to growth and you know wanting Mm -hmm. to evolve and stuff like that but I definitely can tell you now that it's been so worth it I love that yeah I agree I've seen your growth and now you're helping others who are going through the same thing you're helping others heal I personally believe that we go through struggles and that is our gift to be able to help other people heal from those same struggles what is your take on that I'm really spiritual. If you guys don't know, if you're listening and you're listening to this and being like, oh my God, many is so woo-woo, that's mm-hmm. because I am. But I believe that we come into this life with a book full of lessons to learn. And these are lessons that we may not have completed in a past lifetime, lessons mm. that you know we are here to bring to the world and I believe that we need to go through these seasons of life in order for us to really overcome it and then carry our knowledge out and that's what I've been doing you know everything I've gone through I've been kind of teaching to others how to go through the same thing and I truly believe that all the obstacles that we are going through is someday going to be a lesson that you will share with Mm -hmm. another human being and it will help them tremendously you know what I'm saying like Mm -hmm. I just believe that we're all here doing this together and we're all here to learn something but we're also here to teach something and to bring our light to a situation Mm, I love that yes Oh my God, I love that so much. We're all here to learn and to teach something. So what exactly do you teach? I I know you have like the diamond process. So can you explain what exactly are the, I guess, the tips or techniques? Yeah, so I am a certified diamond process coach, which means that I work with this particular method that Veronica Cresto came up with that she has been on a podcast before as well. Yeah, she's been on here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she is amazing. And this is a method that teaches you how to move through trauma, just to say it in a general way. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we use Mm -hmm. a diamond as a visual just to teach people that we all have these different facets and some of the facets live in the shadow and some of the facets live in the light. In order for us to feel whole and to feel full and accepted and accept ourselves and love ourselves, we need to be accepting of all these different facets. But not only that, we also need to bring the facets that are currently in the shadow into the light so we can heal whatever comes up. And for me, often what I've see with my clients Mm -hmm. is that that is the trauma everything that lives in the shadow everything that we Mm. put away in a pandora's box is something that we need to bring up to heal and that's what i'm doing with the diamond process and currently i am focusing more on women who 
are going through depression or just need that last push to start feeling confident Mm -hmm. and worthy. I love that. And so how do you help people become more confident and feel worthy? So what I normally start with is I start in the past, which is something not many people do, but I think it's very important to start with the things that have brought us down in the past and bring that up and transform that. So what I often do is I use this practice that is called the medicinal dialogue where we literally sit in conversation with a part of ourselves that we don't like or a person that we're Mm -hmm. not having a good time with or a situation that we're struggling with and we go back and forth and place ourselves in the other person's shoes as well to really really bring up what needs to be brought up and when that happens is when we bring things up Mm -hmm. we bring the emotions up and when we bring the emotions up they move through our bodies Mm. and what we've done for so long what often happens with trauma everyone has traumatic experiences right whether they're small or big or super traumatizing or lightly traumatizing we all have them but what happens when we bring these emotions up and let them move through our bodies is that it starts to dissolve, right? And the uh, the more often we do that, mm-hmm. the more likely we will eventually get rid of that trauma. We'll not forget, mm. really important one, we'll not forget, but we'll forgive and we'll let go. Mm. And once we do that, we feel so much lighter, on the inside and I often compare these traumas to sticky toffee right (laughs) we're eating all this sticky toffee and it sticks to the insides of our energetic bodies and the more we repress it the more it stays stuck so Mm. all we need to do is bring it up but oftentimes we're so afraid to bring it up because we don't know what's gonna come out of it right? right so I do that through medicinal dialogue but I also do that through mindfulness practices aka breathing exercises or mirror work or writing letters or mm-hmm. stuff like that meditations it's a wild combination of all the things that right. I've learned over the past 18 years right so oh, totally <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot to it you mentioned how when we we have to reach into those old traumas and feel that emotion bring it to the surface does that mean that we you're supposed to feel those negative emotions again and then once you feel it it releases from you did I get that right Yeah, it's very contradictory to many people because oftentimes they're like, well, I don't want to feel like shit again. Exactly. So why am I bringing it up, right? And the Mm -hmm. thing is, the more we not feel it, the shittier we feel eventually. (laughs) And eventually it's going to manifest into physical ailments right? Literal disease. And we don't want that. We want to stay as healthy and as vibrant as possible so we can attract the things that we really want into our lives. Mm -hmm. And in order for us to do that, we need to bring it up. And it doesn't mean that you have to sit with it for days, for months, for years, like often people with depression tend to do. I did that too. Mm -hmm. 
The only thing that we need to do is bring it up for five minutes. And then, you know, if you're still feeling unsettled about it three weeks later, then sit with it again. But sit with it in the Mm -hmm. moment it's coming up and don't just push it away. Don't just pretend that you're busy or don't have time for it, right? Mm -hmm. That's the most important thing. Yeah, you've probably heard that like you can't, make emotions disappear by pushing them down. Like they still live there somewhere. So the only way to dissipate them is to bring them back up. And I do want to share something because so two podcasts ago, I interviewed a medical intuitive that talked me through what she saw I need to heal. And she she talked about how the most common sources of like physical ailments, the root cause is like resentment or anger that you have not dealt with. It's, It's in you, but you haven't dealt with. And I think when she was talking me through it, I think we got to the surface level. I don't think we got to the root. And the next day I did like a journaling session on my own. And then I remembered, I remembered resentment that I had when I was like a teenager or a child. And this is stuff that I forgot. So there's a lot of inner emotions that you maybe like repressed so much that you forgot. And then once I remembered it, I journaled through it. And then I had this whole like healing forgiveness session. And then I started, my body physically got, grew really cold. And I had a fever yesterday. Yeah. I told you, yeah, I had a fever yesterday. Right. And I never get sick like that. And I really feel like that was related to my emotional purging. So do you know anything about that? Yeah, it definitely is related. Let me tell you about something really funny. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, am I crazy? Because no. like my mom and boyfriend were like, what did you do? Did you eat something weird? I'm like, no, it's my resentment. <laughs> no, it's literally yeah. your body energetically getting rid of the emotion. So mm-hmm. like you had, you know, you had this experience where you really dug deep and brought it mm-hmm. up. Oftentimes when we do that, we get really ill. And for me personally, it always happens with my throat. I get a sore throat every time I am not speaking my truth. And the reason I know why that is, is because I started with reading this book. I think it was 10 years ago or something. It's by Louise Hay and it's called Heal Your Body. Mm -hmm. And it has every emotion associated with physical illness and disease. And so at a certain point, I started to notice these signs of me getting uncomfortableness somewhere in my body, let's say migraines or Mm -hmm. a sore throat or cold sores or something like that. And I would look up the meaning behind that physical illness or disease or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it would blow my mind every single time. So now I'm at this point where I kind of know the entire book by heart. (laughs) And I know and I've seen and I've felt and I've experienced that every time we dig deep for these emotions that we push away during the day because we don't have time for them, that's when we get ill. That's when our body tries to release it because... It is something that needs to be released and we 
conscious look at it and think, oh my God, I've done this emotional, energetic work, like that's it. No, like our physical bodies, it's like the sticky toffee that I was talking about. Our physical bodies need to get rid of it as well at the same time. So often what happens is that we either get sick and then also have either a really, really emotional high or an emotional low right after that. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes some people feel very depleted. Other times people feel very energized. It just depends on whatever it is that you're releasing and what kind of effect it has on your body. But those two go hand in hand, I'd say. Awesome. Thanks for clarifying. That makes me feel better. <laughs> Hi loves, let's take a break and talk about how to make 2020 your best year. As an artist of life, you have the power to envision and create the life you've always wanted. So as we enter a new decade, seize this opportunity to take action towards your dreams in 2020. To guide your year, I created the 2020 Artist of Life Workbook, a journal filled with 125 pages of questions and exercises to help you self-reflect, clarify your vision, set goals in all areas of your life, execute your goals, and track your progress monthly with sections on self-love overcoming fear habit tracking gratitude journaling and more the artist of life workbook keeps you accountable and guides your growth throughout the year it's a tool to keep you inspired motivated and organized helping you live your best life all the exercises within have personally helped me change my life for the better and i'm confident that they'll do the same for you to get started go to shop.lavendaire.com to get your copy of the 2020 artist of life workbook again that's shop.lavendaire.com. I want to move on to some questions that we got from Facebook and Instagram. One of the questions from Argel asked, I tend to compare my body with other girls. How do you accept and love your physical flaws? And do you have advice for those who compare themselves to others? Yeah. And to give you guys a heads up, that is something that we all do to a certain extent, right? I still compare Mm -hmm. myself to others sometimes. Not as much as I used to, but I still do it from time to time. Start thinking about what age it started for you. Mm -hmm. Maybe these thoughts started at age 7. Maybe these thoughts started at age 12. Try to remember when it started for you. Maybe it was because other people told you that you didn't look good or you were fat or you weren't as beautiful as the girl next door. Maybe it was you putting that stress on yourself. But whether it was you or others, it is really important to get to the starting point of that. Because once we know what age it started, we can start doing the work. And by doing the work, I mean... Imagine yourself at that age. So if it started at age seven, imagine yourself at age seven and look in the mirror and try to see her across the room from you and look her in the eye and try to tell her the same things you're telling yourself every day. I bet that's gonna be horrible Mm. I bet that's something you don't want to do yeah would you tell your seven-year-old self Mm -hmm. that you're ugly would you tell her that she is unworthy would you tell her that she's fat no so why would you Mm -hmm. tell yourself she is still part of you and 
the sole reason that you're still doing it is because she, your little one, your inner child, feels unsafe still. So there is work to be done there and not with you right now, if that makes yeah. sense. You know, she is part of you and you're both her, but you need to start by really, really being in conversation with her at that particular age. And I promise, I promise it will change because once we start seeing that she is part of us and we are part of her, that's the moment it clicks for many people. That's what I've seen, at least. Yeah, I love that. All right, so the next question we have from Livia, she asks, how do you build your sense of self-worth and self-love back up after a failure? Oh, that's a good one. And she's probably not going to like this answer, but <laughs> me as the positivity guru, let's say, I don't see failures as failures it's not part of my vocabulary. It's not part of my dictionary at all. I see it as stepping stones. I see it as lessons. I see it as blessings, right? So mm -hmm. once you start realizing that a failure is not a failure, I know it can feel like that. I know it can. But the trick here is, is that we need to start seeing failures as lessons, so once we start to wonder what a certain situation has taught us instead of what we did wrong, that's where things shift because it doesn't feel negative anymore, right? There's reason for growth. Mm -hmm. There's reason for blossoming and all of that. Right. But there is no space for negativity in that. So... I don't see it as failures. I see it as stepping stones. I see it as lessons. I see it as blessings. And mm -hmm. I truly believe that once we start changing our perspective on that, everything shifts. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> and just to think of failure as a blessing, that means it's a gift to you. So how can a gift to you reduce your level of self-worth or reduce your self-love? All right. So now let's move on to the rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I am. The first question is, what does your dream life look like? My dream life looks like me being on stages, sharing my light, writing books and traveling the world and inspiring millions of people. Ooh. All right. What is one book or resource that you recommend to everybody? I recommend The Diamond Process by Veronica Cresso. It's gold. Of course. <laughs> what is one habit that has changed your life? One habit that has changed my life is definitely meditation, twice a day. Yeah, how, how do you meditate? How long and what type of meditation? It varies, but most of the time I do 20 minutes minimum in the morning and night. And mm. I in the morning, because I have a tendency to not be as awake <laughs> early, mm -hmm. I tend to do breath work meditations or meditations that go along with the diamond process and then at night I do more of a reflective meditation or a mantra meditation I love those too Ooh, love that all right what's the best life or career advice that you've ever gotten you are so lovable beyond measure that's so beautiful I think that's the best thing someone ever said to me 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I, we should tell that to more people, right? Yeah. I have this one friend who every time she emails me, she says, you are a breathing, living miracle. And I love that. I love that. Finish the sentence. The most amazing part about life is being able to open the hearts of other people. Mm, I love that. All right, Mandy, where can our listeners find you online? They can find me over on Facebook at Mandy Schut. That's M-A-N-D-Y-S-C-H-U-T. Or over at Instagram at The Mindful Dream. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing. This was so much fun. You're so welcome. I love being on here. Thank you for having me. Of course. Love you. Love you too. All right, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Mandy. And now I'm going to share some key takeaways from our talk. The first takeaway is if you are working on overcoming depression or trauma, do not give up. I know that it might not always be a progressive linear line to healing and overcoming this kind of thing. But no matter what happens, no matter how many times you fall back, you have to keep pushing because you believe that someday you will be better. And I'm so glad and grateful that Mandy did not give up. She had to overcome so many things and yet she did not give up. She might have fallen back a few times along the way, but at the end of the day, she just kept picking herself back up to heal and keep moving forward in life. And that's, I believe, the most important thing you can do. It's not always easy to heal. It's not always easy to overcome depression, but it is possible for you. The second key takeaway that I really liked is this idea that you are here on earth to learn and to teach. You are here to learn a lifetime's worth of lessons. And you're also here to teach and help others with what you have learned, with your gifts and your blessings. You are meant to shine your light in every way that you can. That is your purpose being here on earth. There's so much that you have to give. So you are both the student and the teacher for life. The third key takeaway is to go back in time and feel those old feelings that you might have pushed down. You have to feel those old emotions in order for them to dissipate. And going back in time can also be looking at your child self, imagining you're looking at your child self and talking to her, giving her love, understanding that you wouldn't batter her and give her negative self-talk the stuff that you might be telling yourself now you wouldn't be you know comparing her to other people you would just like appreciate and love her and so that's what you need to do for yourself because that child self is you she's still in you all right that's it for today if you have any more to say pop into our lavender lifestyle facebook group and we'll continue the conversation there love you so much bye all right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. Lastly, you can catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artist of life. Sending you so much love. Bye.